This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I'm back with you. Welcome to another podcast episode. I hope that you are ready. (laughs) I was about to say, I hope you're doing well. But the title of this is Why You're So Miserable. So I'm going to assume you're listening because maybe you aren't that well. And I want to share with you some insight and some awareness that I think will help you be less whatever it is. Maybe your word is not exactly miserable, but it's probably some range or some shade of a negative emotion that you'd rather not be in as much. So this is one of the most amazing things about coaching, I believe. And I was just chatting with another coach friend of mine. And from time to time, it's so helpful for me to just think about why coaching, right? Like why is coaching the answer? Why is coaching valuable? What does it offer that nothing else offers? And the thing that I keep coming back to is Coaching teaches you how to take control of your thoughts and your emotions. And so if you are the type of person who is constantly ruminating in your own mind and an overthinker and someone who is easily offended or is just in a place of feeling like your emotions sometimes run away from you, then coaching for sure can help. I believe coaching is just one of those things where it helps you create an entirely different experience of your life. And that's not to say that your life is going to miraculously be better externally, right? Like the kids are still going to be the kids. The demands of your life are still going to be the demands of your life. Your husband's still going to be your husband, but it just teaches you how to have an entirely different relationship to it. And it gives you tools and ways of thinking about things in radically different ways that I have personally benefited from in my own life. And I see my clients do it every single day. And I have clients of all spectrums, right? Where they're in their marriage, they're fully committed to their marriage, they love their husband, but he just gets under their skin way more times than they would like. I have clients who are not sure if this is a marriage that they want to stay in. And in the process of figuring that out, have decided that either way, they have work to do on their own mindset and how they're showing up. And then I have clients who, 
you know, have husbands who've left them. And even in the middle of our coaching relationship, where they've hired me wanting to work on the marriage, wanting to make some changes within themselves and their husbands, you know, just reach a point where they're sort of ready to check out. And I have been so honored to really help them navigate that space and time and manage their mind about it all to where a situation like that does not crush them, does not bring them all the way down, not able to get back up, but that they use every moment as a learning opportunity. And we clear the space so that resentment and bitterness does not take root instead. So all of that, I think, is the perfect prelude to what we're going to be talking about today, because the misery or the upset or the unhappiness that you are experiencing is less about the thing happening or the thing not happening in your marriage or in your life, but more about your perspective on it all. So the first thing that I want to say is that The way we feel is a function of what we tell ourselves. Now, there are triggers, and I want this to be a word that you use often. I want this to be something that you understand. And a trigger is just a circumstance, a situation, or an event that sets it off, (laughs) right? It sets off your thoughts, it sets off your feelings, it sets off your actions and ultimately leads to some type of outcome, dynamic, result, etc. And so the first thing when I talk with you about why you might be feeling miserable is understanding the difference between the trigger and what you tell yourself about the trigger. When I'm working with my clients, I describe this as the ability to separate the facts from the story and the interpretation that you've created in your head. Usually, I have clients who have things happen for them where their husband will say something or their husband won't do something or their husband will do something that they don't like. And we can look at the facts of that, right? Like he didn't call, he didn't reach out to spend time with you. He stayed late at work and didn't let you know. He, you know, wasn't interested in something you were talking about. He didn't comment the way you wanted him to comment when you shared something really vulnerable, right? So there's so many different ways this shows up. And Those are the facts, right? He didn't say, I'm so sorry you feel that way. He didn't text you and say, hey, I'm going to be late for work. Those are the facts. Those are the things that are observable, that if I were a fly on the wall, I would be able to look at those things and say, yep, that's true. That's exactly what happened. And what happens though is we have the facts and then we layer on the facts our story. And stories are things like, he's inconsiderate. He doesn't care about me. I'm not a priority, right? 
it's like this swirl of things you tell yourself that make you feel like crap. Because when the story in your head is, I'm not a priority, he doesn't care about me, there's no other way to feel than miserable. And so the first thing that I'll offer in terms of why you're feeling so miserable is that you haven't mastered the ability to separate the facts of what actually happened from your story about it. And I know when you hear this, you're like, no, but I'm not making up a story. No, but like the way I'm seeing it is the way that it is. And I just want to challenge you on that because if your goal is to feel better, then you have to open yourself up to the possibility that the way you're seeing it, the way you're interpreting things is part of the problem for you. It's just the truth. It's part of the problem for you and how you're feeling inside of your body, which is heavy, which is sad, which is empty, lonely. Name the emotion that you may be feeling. Okay. So point number one, why you're miserable, you haven't mastered the skill of separating fact from story. Number two is a preoccupation and over-focus with needing your husband to do something or say something to make you feel better. I have another coach friend that she's so funny. When she described this in a conversation we were having, she was like, it's like you wake up for the day and you look at your husband and you just ask him, how am I going to feel today? How am I going to feel? What are you going to do? And how am I going to feel about it? Right? It's literally like you take your emotions outside of your body and put them in his hands. And you say, make me feel better. Make me feel more secure. Make me feel like I can trust you. Make me feel like you care. Make me feel like I'm a priority to you. And I want you to just really think about that, right? Like, Feeling like a priority, feeling secure, feeling loved is an emotion that you can only create and generate for yourself within your body. You are literally asking him to like mix up your hormones in a particular way so you can feel something. And when he fails to do that, because he will, (laughs) then you have a problem right? Then it's his fault that you're not feeling the way you want to feel. Now, I'm going to offer you that we are so conditioned and so programmed in this world to believe that other people cause our emotions, that it's totally natural for you to think this and to feel this. And what I want you to know is you can think it and feel it initially. That can be your knee-jerk reaction, but you want to always be in the space of questioning that and challenging it. And the question I want to offer you is this. What is it about what you are thinking that makes this a problem for you? That question alone will get you out of the, it's his responsibility, it's his fault. He needs to do something so I can feel better. And it will put you in the driver's seat of understanding what's really happening. The good news about that is that when you ask yourself, what is it that you're thinking, 
the change and the shift and the emotional improvement that you want to experience can be automatic because you control what you are thinking. You never have to wait for him to get it. You never have to say it 10,000 times in 10,000 different ways. So he finally understands and empathizes and validates how you're feeling. That is something that you get to do on your own any moment you choose. Now, it's not always easy to do this. Let me just tell you, right? I am a wife too. I have these same things that I'm confronted with that you are. And the reason I think sometimes having help with this stuff is that you're going to have your default knee-jerk reaction. And it's not until someone else can literally guide you and almost like put you in a different seat, right? Like you're used to seeing in a different way, feeling a different way or a particular way. And when you have an objective person coming in without the emotional attachment, looking at the situation, they can say like, no, I see it totally different. Like, have you considered that it could be this? Have you considered that if you just didn't assume the worst about him and that you trusted that he loved you, that you trusted that he's here for you, that you would totally feel differently. I always give my clients the exercise of like looking for evidence of what you actually want to think. So often we are looking to prove that our husband doesn't love us, that our husband doesn't care, that we're not a priority, that something else is more important. We have a laundry list of these things. And in order for us to feel different, we're looking for some miraculous thing that he's supposed to do that just wipes the slate clean and makes us believe something when we can choose to believe that on our own just by not having the preoccupation and over-focus on it being his responsibility to make us feel a certain way. Just release him from that. Just decide, like, I'm in charge of my own emotions I get to do this. I got it. I got my happiness. I got my fulfillment. I got my peace. I got my wholeness. It's mine, which is the best thing ever because then no one can take it away from you, right? That's what God was talking about in the Bible. And he's like, this joy I have, the world didn't, you know, give it to me and the world can't take it away. I don't even know if God actually said that in the Bible. It's definitely a song. So I'm going to assume it's influenced by scripture. Y'all know I am not a Bible scholar, but I do love the word of God because it's so true and it informs so much of what I love about being able to coach my clients who also love God and his word. Okay. So the third reason why you are miserable is that you actually don't believe that you don't have to be. Let me say that again. You don't believe that you don't have to be miserable. It feels like a mandatory requirement that if your husband does something or if he says something or if he's being a certain way or certain experiences are happening in your marriage that you have to feel awful, you have to feel angry, you have to feel mad or sad or hurt. 
And those things are not automatic requirements, right? You get to decide how you feel. And feeling miserable is not something that you have to sit in, right? Like so many people believe that if their marriage isn't what they want and they've decided they're not leaving, that the only choice they have is to just be miserable. Let me just be miserable. It's the only choice I have. And it's just not true. So I want you to think about like, how else could you feel? If you didn't have to feel miserable and I was walking around with a buffet and I'm like, hey, pick how you want to feel. What would you pick? Now, I want to be really clear here. Like you still get to pick whatever you want. You don't have to go from miserable to elated. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about here. And that's not necessarily the best step for someone who really is in a place of misery or extreme unhappiness. But you might want to feel neutral. Neutral would be a whole lot better than miserable, right? You might want to feel hopeful. You might want to feel reflective. This is something that I use a lot. I have a tendency to, whenever I don't accomplish something or whenever I fall short, whether that's as a parent, as a wife, as a business owner, there's like this negative voice in my head that wants to harass me. And so I allow that voice to inform me, but I reflect on it, right? I don't often allow it to take me to the place of misery, but I just get like, huh, why am I saying that? Like, why am I choosing this set of thoughts to believe about myself or this situation? What else could I think, right? It's almost like you're just like problem solving, like, huh, let me use my brain to like create something different here. And I want you to know that is an option for you. You can totally do that. Misery is not a mandatory requirement, no matter what. Even I've had, you know, clients come to me who, you know, are struggling with infidelity in their relationship. And the coaching experience with me is not miserable. We do deep, meaningful, important work, but my job as a coach is not to sit there and allow you to stay stuck in misery when you're coming to me telling me you don't want to be miserable. Now, I meet people where they are, of course, and we process emotions. We don't want to ignore what we genuinely feel, but there comes a point when you can see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and you can see that like being in misery for months or years even is just not something that has to happen for you. So there you have it. This is number two in this three-part mini-series, right? Last week was why are you stuck this time? Why you're so miserable? And it's because you haven't mastered the skill of separating the fact from the story. You have a preoccupation and over-focus with your husband being responsible for you feeling better. And you don't actually believe that you don't have to be miserable. Simple as that.
Let me know what you think. I would love to hear. Leave a comment, leave a review, share this podcast with someone else you think might be feeling a little bit miserable. And if you are looking for help with this, if you want to have a live two-way conversation with me where I can hear exactly what's going on for you, I can share with you what I'm seeing, my insight, and offer you a different pathway forward, I encourage you to reach out and schedule a complimentary call with me. This is where we'll get to know each other. I'll share with you my coaching approach. And if it feels like a good fit for you, we'll talk about exactly how we can work together moving forward. So I look forward to talking with you for those that will reach out. Otherwise, I'll meet you back here for the next installment of this three part series. Stay tuned for that. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.